0: You are Locked On Chargers,
1: your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. And today's episode is brought to you by the Locked On's Ultimate Season Preview the NFL season is about to begin, and nobody covers it like the Lockdown Podcast Network. August 30th through September 8th, Lockdown's Ultimate Season Preview is taking you through every team and every division with the help of Odyssey's Ross Tucker and Jason Lockham Follow the Ultimate Season Preview 2021 feed on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast to tune in beginning August 30th. Before we get started, me and David started our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live over five years ago, and now this is our fourth season as the host of the Locked on Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Welcome into the show today. So much to get into because our plans changed a little bit, but first, thank you to everyone who is checking out the show today, especially those who are checking it out for the first time, and to make sure you never miss a show, make sure to go follow us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked on Chargers podcast there, but this is the final show before the final preseason game on Saturday night against the Seattle Seahawks. So much is going to be determined on Saturday night. I mean, only a handful of jobs are probably actually up for grabs. But we did get to learn a lot and had to change the show a little bit after Brandon Staley's press conference because he gave us updates on our boy Bong, Eamon Ogbog, Bamiga, Justin Jackson, and so much more. Also just talked about, you know, what guys can do during this game to make an impression how many offensive linemen that he's going to have on his roster probably. He was giving out a lot of different hints, so we're going to kind of weave that in and out of the show, talking about his comments on guys who are on the roster, like the kicking battle and Easton Stick and Chase Daniel, and everything else he had to say about this game. And at the end of the show, we'll get to talk about all of the guys that Brandon Staley didn't bring up who are on the bubble potentially and can potentially win a roster spot in this final game. So let's go ahead and get into it. Actually, before we get started, there's a special shout out that we had to do from one of our listeners. We have to do a shout out, David, for little baby Willa.
0: Absolutely, yeah, Lewis Benzeman. Shout out to Lewis. Uh, tweeted us on our Twitter account, Locked On LAC, and asked us to give a shout out to his new baby girl, the newest Charger fan, part of the Bolt family. So, congratulations to you, Lewis, to the newest Charger fan, Willa.
1: Absolutely, love that. I mean, we need more of them. You know. So, I mean, as many as we can keep hopping out here, that you know, the better. We got him to fill up that stadium. But let's get into Brandon Staley, David, because, of course, he has a press conference. I'm at work. We're doing this show super late tonight because I had to go back through and transcribe this press conference from Brandon Staley just because there was so much useful stuff in it. I mean, I definitely took a lot away from it. But I want to start here with what he was talking about, why Jerry Tillery hasn't played so far in the preseason. But someone like Michael Davis, who may be considered, you know, a little bit more proven at this point, has played in the preseason. Like what he had to prove. I don't think they're going to see Michael Davis again this week, just from what he was saying. But I thought it was a really good question. And I definitely was glad somebody asked it. And What he said is, basically, we don't have the same depth there that we have in the secondary. I think the depth plays a factor in that. I think that Vato understands that I think there's an element of how we play. It's a little bit different than how they played in the secondary where we wanted Mike to be able to go out there functioning in the way we play, knowing what we needed him to as far as what we want from our secondary. And he just said his circumstances are a little bit different because of the defensive line depth, which is kind of crazy to me, David. And I I get it. I mean, the defensive line is a more physical position. I would say the Chargers have probably had an equal amount of injuries to both groups, though. I mean, either way, you've had a lot of corners, secondary guys. And defensive linemen, interior defensive line guys get injured. I get it, though. But I would say, though, I feel better about more defensive interior guys than I do about how many cornerbacks, you know, after Asante Samuel Jr. When you're talking about the, you know, Tavon Campbells and Brandon Faisons and John Brandon's and all those guys. So I did think that was interesting. I, obviously, he has a reason for it, but still a little confusing.
0: It is confusing to me because Michael Davis has proven himself in the, in this league. He just got a new contract by the Chargers, and Jerry Tillery hasn't really done much. I mean, he's been very up and down. He hasn't been consistent at all. So if anyone needs to get on the field more and sharpen his skills and get more comfortable in a completely new defense— to me, that's Jerry Tillery, but I understand Brandon Staley is the the head coach. He's the guy making all the decisions, and he felt it best to withhold Jerry Tillery and Justin Jones, for that matter, from taking some of those hits and saving some of that physicality for the regular season.
1: Well, another thing is, too, is it was like different reasoning. Like at the beginning of it was they don't need to go up against those guys. The Rams are going to play because they're not going to get anything out of that, which, okay, then put Jerry Tillery out there. If he dominates and has, you know, three tackles for loss on the first drive, then you take him out, right? I mean, we'll know very quickly if those guys don't deserve to be on the same field as him, right? Or whatever he was trying to say there. And now the goalpost is pushed a little further back. But, yeah, it is a more physical position for sure. Maybe more reason not to play a defensive tackle in the preseason than someone like a cornerback. But still a very interesting thing. But one of the things I did want to talk about, too, is just the insight he gave us on who is going to be out there on Saturday night against the Seahawks when the Chargers have their final game, right? He said, for the most part, you're going to see some guys not be out there. I think, you know, he's basically saying Kenneth Murray's not going to be out there this time around. They've gotten what they've wanted to from some of those veterans they had playing before. But he also said one thing they want to do is give the other guys a chance to compete. He said it was going to be similar to who was playing last week against the 49ers. So I do think you'll see some guys. I don't think it'll be Michael Davis. I wonder about Drew Tranquil and Kazir White. But what he said is the guys who need the work are getting it, and the guys who don't are resting. The last game, we want to give them a chance to compete. It's important to us. So, David, I'm still a little unclear who's going to be out there, but I do think some of those guys, especially most of the starters, are going to be done.
0: Yeah, I think this is going to be reminiscent of a fourth preseason game that we've had in years past where you might see, what, 10%, 15% of the starters, if that. I mean, I think that's probably a little bit much anyway after saying that out loud. But I think it's just going to be a very small contingent of starters that are out there in any capacity, and I don't think any of them are going to play more than a quarter maybe a quarter and a half. But, I mean, I think that's even a little bit too long. But Brandon Staley wants to use this period to put these guys in positions that they want to evaluate them in. They want to see what these guys can do. And this last preseason game is really just for them to go out there and put their absolute best on the field. This is their last chance to do it. And, you know, a lot of of this team is already set in stone. We already know who they are. We know who's going to make this team. So this is for those back-end roster guys, for them to put their final stamp on their opportunity to make a 53-man roster.
1: Yeah, for sure. It is going to be big for a lot of players, and the guys that could be competing for roster spots that are healthy should be out there. But it's a little bit more unclear for the guys who aren't going to be out there, but who are also potentially on the roster bubble. And one of the guys he talked about in that situation was running back Justin Jackson, And he was asked, how much does the injury history of Justin Jackson play a factor in him making the team? And Staley ended up saying, I think it plays a component in it. You have to take all of the context that you have, all the data you have to make a good decision. But he did say, I like how he's responded to that groin setback. He's really attacked his rehab better than he ever has. He's back sooner than he ever has. That's a great sign to me. And obviously, when Brandon Staley says something like that, you're like, okay, well, he's doing it better now than he was under Anthony Wynn, right? Or over the last couple of years when he's been injured, but... He also said he only really cares about what's happened in front of my own two eyes, in front of our eyes as a staff. That's what we take most into the evaluation process, and I've really liked what Justin's done for us. So, David, we haven't seen him out there, so it's been hard to evaluate. We know he was impressive early on in camp, but yesterday you had him not making the roster. So, obviously, there's still some spots up for grabs, but when you hear something like this, does it kind of change how you're going to feel? Is he going to be on your final 53-man roster next week?
0: Yeah, I mean, it definitely makes you think again or think twice after hearing Brandon Staley's comments. He says, hey, we really love what he's done as a runner. We love what he's done as a pass catcher. We even love what he's done on special teams and the contributions there. So when he talks about how many different places he's impacting, to me, that makes me feel like they're definitely planning on keeping Justin Jackson on this roster and they're not putting as much stock in the injury issues as I did.
1: Yeah, and he updated a couple other injuries too, right? He talked about Mike Williams hopefully getting back next week and starting to get his wind back, getting ready for the regular season. And he talked about Egg Boy and Amen Ogbog Bamiga's injuries, and both of those guys are potentially on the roster bubble, right? But we'll get into what he had to say about those guys coming up right after this. First, I need to tell you guys about the best protein bar on the planet, and of course I'm talking about Built Bars. Built Bars have so many flavors to choose from, and that's One of my favorite parts about it, I mean, mine is the cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, and it's nice because with protein bars, especially if you're eating them a lot, like I am, all the built Bars I'm eating, you have to be able to switch it up, or else you're just going to get bored of it, but when you have this many great flavors to choose from, and you can order a box that comes with every flavor, so you can keep switching it up every day, that's what's going to keep you going, and they're all 100% covered in chocolate, and soft and easy to chew, because if doesn't taste good i'm just not going to eat it anyways but another nice thing is it's going to fit on pretty much whatever diet you're on most of the bars have about 17 to 18 grams of protein calories ranging from 130 to 180 and only four to five grams of sugar and four to five grams of net carbs so you can have that cheat snack that you're looking for without having to feel guilty for it and you're going to get something that tastes great as well and there's always special flavors too you always have to check for the limited time flavors because that's where some of the best ones come from And right now, we can even save you guys some money on Built Bars because you go to built.com. You can use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15, all caps, one word for 15% off at Bilt.com. All right, David, well, we are headed into the final preseason game this weekend, and it was nice to hear what Brandon Staley had to say about some of these guys because we haven't heard him talk about a lot of these guys, especially the guys who have been out, right, and we haven't got to see on the field who haven't been able to be out there to make the plays to make the roster and stuff like that it was nice kind of hearing updates on those guys and bong was one of the guys who was a heavy favorite to make the team at one point because he was playing so well where he was coming in the rotation behind because you're and Drew tranquil was impressive and it seemed like he was going to make it then he gets hurt and he hasn't been able to play and he's not going to play in this last game. And what I thought was really interesting from Brandon Staley is him saying that Bong, you know, came in and really wanted to play in this upcoming game. And what Staley told him is just that one preseason game is not going to change your fate. And you're not going to be able to do anything in that one game because we already know how we feel about you. And then he also said some other stuff where it made it seem like, okay, is he already kind of given this roster spot away?
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what it seemed like to me. It seemed like, when I heard that from Brandon Staley, I'm like, "Okay, well, it seems like he's already liked what he's seen from Bong and he already wants to put him on the roster." So, and then we you know, we were talking before the show and then I'm not so sure. And with with Bong and his current place on the roster or where he sits right now, he is one of those guys that is on the fringe because there are other guys that have done what he's done like like Colt Christensen, who's a special teams demon. That's where Amen has been playing, and he's also got some play on defense. Although I think Amen's look a little bit better playing defense than Colt Christensen, but health is a big factor, and if he's not ready to go, then it's going to be hard for them to keep him on the, or put him on the 53 man roster.
1: Well, and yeah, and of course, you know, like me and you were talking about too, he says. Oh, he'll be ready for week one. And then he's like, well, we'll see what happens with cuts and everything, right? So it's like, are you saying he's going to still be on the team week one? Or are you catching yourself because you're like, oh, damn, he might not be on the team week one. So I probably shouldn't say he'll be ready then. But yeah, you know, they had to have liked what they saw. I mean, he has to be hopeful hearing him say those things about him that, hey, we know what you are. We know what we liked about you and all those things. If I don't make the team, it's not because I didn't go out there and perform. It's just because it wasn't possible with putting this roster together, right? I don't know if he's going to lose out to a linebacker or someone like Cole Christensen because he can't play in this game, right? So I think that's the biggest thing there. With Emeka Igbule, him and Jesse Lemonnier could be going into a situation where they're playing it out for the final roster spot at the edge position. We'll probably get into a little bit more of that coming up in the next segment. But one of the things that Brandon Steele did kind of shine a light on, David, was the quarterback position because there is a battle going on for the backup quarterback spot. He didn't say, you know, if they're keeping two or three quarterbacks, but he did have some pretty nice words to say about the guys, right? He said they made each other better, said that, you know, both guys have handled everything well and that they're also just taking everything into account, not just the games, but also how they handle themselves in pressure and practice and in the games and the whole training camp and off season put together, which to me made it seem like he's like, hey, don't think it's not going to be Chase Daniel because of, you know, this last really bad game. We're taking practice into account, too. But that's, you know, just how we're kind of reading into all of these things. But we do know now that Chase Daniel will get a chance to start this game and Easton Stick will be coming in in the second half. Do you think this is, you know, David, the game where it will be decided after it?
0: I think when you look at other position groups and and you – When you look at this preseason game here and you look at other position groups, I don't think it's as important for them. But for the backup quarterback spot, I think it's extremely important. And I do think the outcome of this game is going to heavily impact who they keep as their backup quarterback. I think in the previous game, they put... Easton stick out there gave him the best offensive line that was going to be available in the first half and wanted to evaluate what he was going to do with that. And then put chase in a position to where he was going to have to figure it out and really try to stay alive as Brandon Staley put it. Um, but, it did not look very good. And I think now they're doing it in reverse and they're giving Chase Daniel every opportunity to play in front of the best offensive line that's going to be be available and just kind of have the roles reversed. So this is going to be a very interesting
1: game and these guys have to be on their toes and go out there and put their best foot forward. And it is really on too because when Brian Seeley does talk, like he always makes sure he says and we're sure glad that we have both of them, right? Like, they said that a couple of times. Like, are you trying to tell me they're it's both going to make the team? You know, is this the best 53-man roster? The right 53-man roster has both of these men on it? I don't know at this no. point. I mean, if Chase Daniel goes out there, has the better offensive line in front of him, and still plays, you know, marginally worse than Easton Stick does... Maybe that does change their mind. I don't think they're going to base the gist off that last game, so maybe it does seem like they're putting on this position, but they only have two quarterbacks that are allowed to play in this game. It's Chase Daniel and Easton Stick, so you really don't know how much is riding on it. I have to think that Easton Stick could do something to make them at least think about it, right? But Brandon Staley also said, hey, we're not potentially changing our mind in this game, but we could have some things confirmed that maybe we're not sure about or just confirming things that we already thought about someone And just seeing them do it again. So it's going to be interesting. But the other one is the kicker battle, which I 100% think could be decided this weekend. Like, that is something I really do think could still totally be in the air as far as who it's going to be. And that's not a good thing. I mean, let's get that out of the way. But... There is going to be a chance for both these guys to kick. Brian Steele said it might not be like a first half, second half thing like we've seen with them in the past. Just because you don't know how many kicks there's gonna be in each half, right? He so said they're gonna do whatever they can to have these guys be able to kick. So I kind of took that as they'll probably alternate just to make sure both of them get a chance to kick in this game. Hopefully there's scores, right? And there's the ball moving for the Chargers offense and chances to kick field goals. That we don't really ever know. But he also said again, David, that it's a complete evaluation. It's field goals and kickoffs. They're both going to kick this weekend, and we're excited to see him finish.
0: Well, this is a battle that's kind of easy to quantify, right? I mean, because they're kicking field goals. So, I mean, whoever made more field goals throughout, whoever has kicked more touchbacks, like that's all data that's been right in front of them. But sure. the bottom line is is they want to see these guys go out there and perform in a game-like situation because that's when they're going to have to do it and that's when it matters the most it's when the game's on the line it's the fourth quarter and there's 10 seconds left and you got to make a 45 or a 52 yard field goal you got to and you got to put it through the uprights to win the game that is the situ- situations that they want to try to set up so they want to get these guys as many opportunities to kick field goals in this game as possible to see who is going to be that consistent player who's not going to back down in the face of any type of adversity or pressure because that's what they're going to have to do in the regular season when the games really count.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's something different about kicking in a stadium. I mean, we saw Alex Kestman, who seemed to be doing okay. You put him in after most of the people have left at Fan Fest, and he goes two for six. Not right? So like there's something different just about being in the stadium, being even in a preseason game that I do think can make a difference. In a situation like this. So I do think that is something that can be decided. If one of them crumbles and goes 0-2 potentially this weekend. Maybe that's it for them. Maybe they do go with the other guys. But the other thing Brandon Staley said too. Is like we can't pretend this is the final 53-man roster. Because it's not. This is something that's going to change throughout the season. Could change again before the first game. This is going to be a very fluid situation David. As you were saying before the show. It is going to be a lot of up and downs. That could add guys from other teams too. But I couldn't believe Joe Reedy credits him just straight up asked Brandon daily at one point. Hey, how many roster spots are up for grab this weekend? He did it in a little bit more words, a little bit more subtle, but not really. I mean, it actually wasn't. I mean, very it sounded pretty close to that to me. And yeah, that pretty much is what he said. Like, uh, he said in a nutshell, that's what it was. In a yeah. nutshell, huh, it, you know, give us a ballpark. How many spots are up for grabs? That, that's
0: think? right. That's what he said. And Brandon Staley, to his credit, uh, you know, we know he's he's answered all the other questions with a lot for of sure. clarity and been very upfront. This was one he definitely coached, speaked and danced his way all the way around.
1: Yeah, and basically he just said I think it's going to be tough on us. That's enough there's enough depth at some position there's going to be some hard decisions, which is a good thing for an organization, which is you know, that is true. Like you want to have tough decisions because that means there's some very talented guys on the roster. And we talked about that yesterday. We were going through our first 53 man roster, right? So I think that is one of those things, but he wasn't done talking about that and who was going to make the team. He even gave us a number of how many offensive linemen he thinks they're going to end up making the team. We're going to get into that and the rest of the guys on the roster bowl for the Chargers going into this final preseason game coming up right after this. But first, thing I need to tell you guys that the official betting sponsor of the Lockdown Chargers podcast is betonline.ag. BetOnline is the number one place to get all of your betting action. They have the best props and odds that you're going to find out there. And now is the best time of the year to be betting because it's football season. And let's be honest, that's the best sport to bet on. I like betting on everything at BetOnline baseball, UFC, boxing, football just hits a little bit differently and they have a bunch of games going that you guys aren't going to want to miss out on. Make sure you guys check out the online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest open now at BetOnline. They also have an opening day special, a super promo where you can make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up or using the promo code. BetOnline is the best place to bet. You can even bet on even just your favorite Vegas casino games. And we can even help you guys out when you're getting started because if you use the website or go to your mobile device to sign up today, you can receive a 100% welcome bonus with the promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On all caps, one word, at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Alright David, well it's time for the final segment before the final preseason game, and Brandon Staley did give us so much, so it was very interesting to see kind of how he thought all of these battles right were going on right now, but there still is another game left, and there was still more he had to talk about when he talked specifically about the offensive one, and even put a number on it, I was a little surprised that he put a number on it, you don't usually get those numbers from a coach like that David, but He said, usually you get about nine offensive linemen. A guy who can swing on the inside and play both guard positions. A guy who can swing on the outside, basically, and play both tackles. And a guy that can play center. And then he went on to say that he feels like Questenberry can play all three positions on the interior. Feels like Brendan Hymas can play multiple different positions. And then he started talking about Storm Norton and then eventually brought up Trey Pipkins as well. And then he also brought up Ryan Hoffman. And the reason that bringing up Ryan Hoffman is so upsetting is because I picked a Chargers offensive lineman named Ryan Hunter to make their initial 53-man roster yesterday. Sorry, man.
0: No chance for uh, Ryan Hunter because he's uh, not a member of the team.
1: No chance for Ryan Hunter. Yep. Ah, that's just, it's really upsetting because if the coach doesn't know your name, I mean, it might mean that I wasn't right. But it did seem like he kind of forced in Trey Pickens' name. Like, oh, I'm probably supposed to say Trey Pickens here. So yeah, maybe like my Tuska roster, roster prediction. conversation. Yeah, maybe my roster prediction. You know, both of ours could be right along those lines. But he did not bring up your boy Nate Gilliam. But either way, of course, I do throwing think it's shots. Of course, I mean, you are. If he's gonna say my guy's name wrong, at least I can take solace in knowing that he didn't say your guy's name <laughs> at all, which is probably more upsetting to Justin Herbert than it is to you, because I know that they're friends. But it was interesting to hear him, you know, talk about that specifically and say, "Hey, it'll pretty much be nine guys." which makes it interesting because I think we both think Brandon Hymas is safe. Scott Questenberry is potentially safe. And then also storm Norton, probably a tackle just because you have to have some sort of swing tackle. And he was brought up first. I think he's going to be safe. I don't know who that final spot's going to go to. Yeah.
0: I think it's three guys that are probably looking at that spot. It's Tyree, St. Louis, Nate Gilliam and Ryan Hunter, not and Ryan. And maybe Trey Hoffman.
1: Pipkins too. I and mean,
0: potentially Trey Pipkins, but for I know, me, for
1: you, yeah, for sure. It's just
0: the <laughs> ship has sailed. I've seen all I need to see for Trey Pipkins. I think a lot of Charger fans have seen more than enough of Trey Pipkins, and hopefully the Chargers have seen enough of Trey Pipkins. I mean, no disrespect to, to you, Trey Pipkins, but unfortunately, you are not an NFL quality left tackle in this league. So I'm sorry.
1: Well, I think he's going to get a, a chance. I mean, he's going to be out there, right? So why have him out there if you don't need to evaluate him any farther? And I always think Tom Taweska is going to be looking to be like, hey, guys, he allowed you know, zero pressures. He only allowed six pressures in the final preseason game. Right, uh, of course. I mean, yeah, <laughs> looking for the, the bright spots in it.
0: Well, I that's because he, he drafted he him, has him of course, in the third round.
1: It's Trey Pipkins. Trey Pipkins always has a chance to make the roster. Don't fool yourself. They could still be a Trey Pipkins-filled locker room when the Chargers open up against the Washington football team. So we can't get too far ahead of ourselves. That's true. But he doesn't really bring any flex that we've seen. I mean, he hasn't been playing guard or anything like that. And I mean, obviously to, they to put be able to that. be
0: a flex option, you have to be actually be able to play one position competently.
1: And that was just rude, David. Oh, gosh. No, that's true. Uh, but we do have more guys, too, we haven't got to talk about because Brandon Staley didn't bring them up specifically. And I think we could probably group the defensive tackles into that as well. Because I think Cortez brought in safe. We both had him on our initial 53-man rosters. Both of us had Forrest Merrill. But I think both of us also think that Braden Fehoko has more than a good chance to make this roster as well. So I think those two guys potentially are two guys you could see battling it out. Maybe, you know, if Fajoko comes in only plays the first series and then is off the field, it might not be a very good thing for Forrest Merrill. but yeah, If, if that happens, those man, guys out it's there, the
0: writing on the wall, right?
1: Yeah, we could see something like that, right? So like on Monday when we're back here, we'll kind of get to talk about what we saw and like, oh, okay, maybe this guy's position is a little bit more secure as we head into our final roster predictions coming out on next Tuesday's show. But I like to think that Braden Fehoko and Forrest Merrill, maybe even Joe Gaziano, right? or someone like that, are all going to be duking it out on Saturday night against the Seahawks. I don't think you'll see Christian Covington. He's probably done enough at this point. He's not going to miss his roster spot. It's just probably going to depend on how many bodies they have at the position. He's good, in my eyes. Hopefully we get to see a lot of those other guys, because I do think that they're more talented at that position than I thought, and I've been really impressed with the guys they have there so far. Another guy, David, that you brought up is Darius Bradwell, and now we know you, you know, Obviously, you change your mind a little bit when you hear something like that from Brandon Staley about Justin Jackson. And that's, you know, this coaching staff, even this one and the last one. Everyone's intrigued by Justin Jackson. We just want to see him on the field. please. Either way, it seems like he might be safe going into Saturday night's game. Is Josh Kelly safe? I don't know. I mean, they give him media stuff. You know, you see him on social media. He's got the great smile. But can Darius Bradwell, potentially, who has been... Low-key impressive, I think, through two preseason games. Does he have a chance? Can he put together a game in this final weekend? You know he's going to get some snaps, right? And have an impressive enough game there to have a chance at the roster, I guess.
0: I think he has a chance, but I also think it's really hard to envision a draft pick that they invested in last year is going to get cut this year, especially in the fourth round. Now, Josh Kelly... Has not been productive at all. Joe Reed's a fifth-round pick, too. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. It it is
1: different, but, I mean, it's close, obviously.
0: But you have to look at these guys and evaluate what they've done, regardless of their draft stock. I mean, we've seen guys get picked in the seventh round, be all-time greats, freaking Tom Brady. Uh, But (laughs) there's examples all throughout the NFL, so that doesn't really matter. It's what you do when you're on the football field. And for Josh Kelly so far, He has not been very productive. Darius Bradwell at least has gone out there and made some good runs, been very decisive, he's been powerful. And, you know, these guys have come in at different levels of the game and have had different offensive lines, so you have to keep that into account, of course. But I think for Darius Bradwell, if he goes out there and he just absolutely tears it up, he's going to
1: make that decision very, very difficult. And, I mean, all you can do is make them have to think about it, right? Like, I mean, I think especially if they end up keeping all four of the other guys, uh, roundtree and Kelly and Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler. I don't know why I said Kelly like that. But <laughs> <laughs> but I think if they keep those four guys, like Darius Brad was an obvious practice squad guy. Right? No question. Which, and, you know, things change quickly. He could easily get brought up at some point this season. Maybe that's all he can really play for in this game. But I'd like to hope that if he just keeps trucking people and has a lot of carries because he's barely gotten really any run at all so far in the preseason that he can kind of change his fate potentially. I wish we had our hands on this, right? And we could just have the exact guys go on the field that we want to see. Because like Brandon Staley talked about him mech egg boy and said it'll be nice to see him get out there and play a full game. And when he says that, I'm like assuming, hey, this guy's going to be out there for the full game. Like we're going to see this guy get 60 snaps, right? Maybe he comes off for a couple series or whatever the case is, but... Him versus Jesse Lemonier, one on one edge, one on the other edge, winner takes all, battle it it's out. It's like, right? hey, you got on
0: that side, you got that side, go get him, turn it loose,
1: and let's see what happens when the dust settles. For sure. like Even with the defensive backs, like, because I think that is a conversation. A mech egg boy, probably better on special teams, but Lemonier's been better as far as production, quarterback hits, getting a sack last week. That's going to be a tough call, I think. And, I mean, Lemieux should will have to play special teams if he makes it. But that is like that fifth edge rusher spot. And I do think that, you know, they will probably end up keeping five. Both of us had him keeping five. But I would say the same thing even about the defensive backs. Like, just let John Brandon and Tavon Campbell and Keeman Hall and Dante Vaughn get out there, right? Just let him go at it. You know, maybe give KJ Sales some reps, too, or whatever the case is. But... If, if you have a thought that any of those guys could potentially push to the back end, maybe taking Ryan Smith's job right, both of us had him making it, but with how injured he's been, maybe there is an extra corner spot for grabs. Maybe he's the guy that gets put on the PUP list or something. We just don't know. Yeah, it's, point, it's right? show me time,
0: though. Bottom line is sure. go out there and show me what you got because this is your last chance.
1: Well, and what I'm saying, dude, is it would just be nice to like, just be like, all right, I have all of those guys out there. Obviously for the kickers, you can't have them on the same time, but a lot of those positions like you have multiple spots. Like we could see a line with, you know, Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins and all the guys, or even Brendan Hymus out on the at tackle and letting some other guards get in there. And just having all of these guys battle it out. And that's gonna be the fun of the final preseason game, right? The score doesn't matter. The game's gonna be terrible. There's probably gonna be another 37 penalties, like we're going and watching these dudes like there's a very, you know, select few guys, but we're going to be like this guy could win or lose his job today. And that still is a possibility. Like, what's I don't... this depth going to look like? That's the big sure. question for me, yeah.
0: Daniel. It's important because the Chargers have had a lack of depth the last several years and it's really come back to bite them. So I'm going to be evaluating what this depth is going to look like.
1: Well, I'm sure next week, right in between when the last preseason game is and the start of the regular season, we can talk about, you know, where we feel the Chargers are most shallow and where we would like to see them, you know, potentially go add to some positions. Um, and I think this will obviously determine some of that. Like, it's hard to feel good about the offensive line depth right now, right, from what we've seen during the preseason and stuff like that. So there is still some concerns, especially depth-wise, that we could get a little bit more insight on. But... This is exciting for those reasons. These guys have to put it all on the line this week. And there's just something about that. Even though it's preseason, backups, fifth stringers, sixth stringers, these guys all know that they're playing for their livelihood, right? And that there's a lot of admiration to be had there. Like, I'm excited to watch these guys go try to win a job and, you know, win a better life for their family in a lot of situations. So I do think that is something you get to see in the preseason that might not be up for grabs every week in the NFL during the regular season after you've made the team, right? So I do think it kind of brings a different vibe in that way. I'm excited to see how some of these Chargers looks and to have a better look at this team for when we do our final roster predictions next week on the Tuesday show. So that is going to do it for today's show. If you guys want to get our thoughts on the game, we're not going to have a show out over the weekend, so make sure you follow me and David on Twitter, you can find me at Dan Talk Sports and David on Twitter at DrotalkSD. You can also find the show's Twitter where we post about a lot of the stuff going on in the game at Locked On LAC. We post all of the shows to all of those places as well. And make sure to just follow or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcast from to make sure you guys never miss a show. And you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the New Odyssey app, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast from. If you guys want to get your thoughts in on the roster when it comes out or right before they're about to pick it you want to get your voicemails on the show, the number is 323-524-7924, and we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys here on Monday to give you all of our latest reactions to the last preseason game, how we're feeling going into the final cuts, and then on the Tuesday show, we'll make our final 53-man roster prediction. But we'll be back with you guys next week. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.